This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which airs live every Tuesday evening from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by Big Papa Smokers. Big Papa is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all-American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, and everything that you need to make a world-class pit out of a 55-gallon drum. Visit them at BigPapaSmokers.com. And by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and pits as well. You can visit them at thebbqguru.com. And by Cookshack, a leader in pellet and electric style cookers. Visit them for specials online at cookshack.com or call them at 800-423-0698. And by Sucklebusters. Sucklebusters products are preferred by competition barbecue cooks. Texas-based, 100% made in the USA, introduced first products to Barbecue Central over seven years ago. You can get in contact with them at sucklebusters.com, like them on their Facebook fan page, Sucklebusters, or visit thetexasbbqforum.com. Check them out and see why Sucklebusters means busting with flavor. And by Stephen DeFranco Jeweler, the official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Visit them at stephendefranco.com or call 440-943-2700. And by Butcher Barbecue, makers of injections, sauces, and rubs. Find them online at butcherbbq.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, a leader in the pellet grill market. You can find out more about their cookers by visiting greenmountaingrills.com. And by CookinPellets.com, a maker of high-quality pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit them at CookinPellets.com, or you can find them at Amazon.com as well. This is Rennie Kanoff with ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Greetings and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host live tonight. Greg Rempe, happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. You want to jump in tonight? More than happy to have you and lots to talk about. A phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now. My embedded Texas barbecue reporter, expert extraordinaire, the pitmaster of rogue cookers, Doug Shiding, joins me. Doug put in a... Does anybody else hear that? Is it just me? Do you hear it? 
I want to say it because if you don't, I want to ruin it for you. But if you hear it, just say I hear it. And I'll give you three seconds of silence. Anybody else hear that? No, I hear it. I don't like it. That's going to drive me up a wall. That's all right. We'll continue forward. Um, Doug put in a, I don't want to say precarious situation, but he was uh, lining up. I don't want to pull back the curtain too much, but let's just say over the weekend, Doug weighs in with what's really happening in Texas, and we were actually trying to line up uh, a different gentleman, and, you know, some guys aren't as readily willing to come on the show and talk about how great they are and how many grand championships they've won and so on and so forth. So I said, hey, you know, Doug, if this doesn't pan out, I'm going to need you to jump on and, you know, we can kind of do a little bit of a roundup of Texas barbecue. And he was more than happy to fill in. So I appreciate that. So Doug Scheiding coming up at 914, 9.35, the president and CEO of MMA Creative we will be doing a post-mortem on that first portion of the Sam's Club 2015 series. As time permits, we'll probably talk a little bit of food, uh, World Food Championships as well. So, Mike McLeod, 935. Then we'll move on to the second hour. Joining me, a pitmaster who is having, uh, dare I say, a pretty nifty year so far. I just won this past weekend out there at the, I believe it was called the California Barbecue Classic, right off the top of my head. He is a sponsor of this show, the man with no shortage of opinions on competition barbecue, Sterling Ball, joining us, pitmaster of Big Papa Smokers. And helping me close the show tonight, a fellow with the same last name has graced these internet airwaves a number of times. However, not this guy. But he is in the business of barbecue. He's got a great business going now. Kind of ground up and tracking the progress. And now it's ready to go full bore. So I wanted to have him on talk about the genesis of the barbecue stand and how he put it together and what he's going to be looking to do growth-wise as he opens up and then into the future. He is the owner of the Butcher Barbecue stand, Levi, ba- uh, Levi Bosca, joining me on the show at 1035 Eastern, 935 Central. So, uh, very excited to have Levi. Uh, what the hell? I can't say Levi? What the hell? I think I want to say Dave and Lee at the same time, and I get let. Anyway, Levi Bosca will be joining us at 1035. Excited to talk to him and have him on the show, uh, which perhaps might be the first of many now, since he is in the biz of barbecue. Yes, shout out. All right, folks, right now, uh, make an email, po- uh, email, mail, letter, and send it out to every single person in your contacts list. Uh, be sure to, man, I cannot talk tonight. I have had zero drops of alcohol, and I can't believe it. Maybe that's the problem. Make an email, send it to every single contact that you have. Blind Carbon, of course, yourself, but list all the other contacts, send it over, let everybody know that the show was on, make a Facebook post, get it out there on the Twitter, whatever you're doing, LinkedIn, Tumblr, Scrooged, Stomped, Ramped, Drunk, whatever your favorite app is anymore these days. Let them know the show's on, send them to a couple different links. The audio stream can be found at my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. 
The video portion of this show can be found at the longtime syndication partner of this show, OutdoorCookingChannel.com. The specific link, OutdoorCookingChannel.com slash watch-now. That will get you right to the live feed. So do that. Also, don't forget you can watch the show on Roku specifically. Go to the App Store, download Outdoor Cooking Channel. You can watch from the comfort of your own home. Roku has a bunch of other stuff that's really cool as well. And you can get the after-show replays audio-wise on iTunes, which still is the most popular way to get the show. I have a YouTube page. You can get the Outdoor Cooking Channel replays for video as well. The main Barbecue Central website is the clearinghouse of both audio and video replays, so never any reason you should miss anything on the show ever, like I tell you, each and every Tuesday. So there you go, 216-220-0966, greg at com. Now, the last time I was on live two weeks ago at the very last segment of the show, we had on a guy who generates a lot of controversy, a lot of reaction, certainly his last appearance, no different. Ronnie Lotz, the proprietor of the Berwyn, Illinois Cigars and Strifes, and he was coming under a tremendous amount of fire for having a two-way mirror inside of the ladies' bathroom. And uh, look, uh, Ronnie has always been good to the show. And at certain points, you know, you you teeter the line and you walk the, the line of, you know, what guests do you want to have on and, and, and not on. And I got a lot of emails saying, I, you've crossed the line with Ronnie this time. There's no reason you should be giving him any airtime, this, that, and the other thing. I don't necessarily disagree with that, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that he is absolutely allowed to come on and give his side of the story and, and what has happened and his view on it. But when it's all said and done in the grand analysis or the final analysis, the fact that whether you know stars and stripes or cigars and stripes or if you don't know, and I'm sure the vast majority of people don't know anything about Cigars and Stripes because they don't live in Berwyn, Illinois, and they don't know what's happening, unless you're a local, right? So regardless, you can't have two-sided mirrors in women's bathrooms or men's bathrooms for that reason, uh, for, for, uh, for that sake. There has to be some kind of, I don't even know if you can assume anything in this life anymore with the proliferation of all the technology that we have. It's so small. It can all be Wi-Fi enabled. It can all be streaming live to 25,000 different places across the U.S. and the world and what have But at least there should be an expectation set that when you go to certain areas, changing rooms, bathrooms, things of this nature, that a monicum of privacy is inherent with that. And having a two-sided mirror, whether there was anything behind the mirror at one point or not, and in full disclosure, if you read all of the material that has been written and gone over about this specific item, this video, by the way, I sectioned out Ronnie's video, put it on my YouTube page. No other thing has gotten more views than the Ronnie Lotz interview, believe it or not. But he, the police came in. They did a thorough search. There was nothing that they found to be devious, underhanded, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't make it right. That doesn't mean you should have a two-sided mirror in the woman's bathroom. Absolutely not. And if you want to get the press away from you, you take it out. You don't talk about how you would rather burn the place down than... 
take out the two-sided mirror. I mean, if you want to stay in business and you want to have a thriving business, maybe you would entertain the thought. But uh, to his, to the point, there was no illegal activity found. A first and foremost. B, it's a it's a weird choice to want to keep a two-sided mirror in any bathroom. So that's my summation on Ronnie Lotz and that interview and all that stuff. Missed it? You can get it on the archives, both on my show, on the YouTube page, and so forth. It's the only one that's got like 1,600 views in the first uh, two weeks I've ever had. I'm going to get to something else in the second hour. Maybe some people didn't even know about it. Well, I'm going to tell you about it. Believe me, you might be surprised that it took place uh, this past weekend. This past weekend? Two weeks ago, maybe. You might be surprised that it took place. First, before we get to Doug Scheiding, I'm going to talk to you about Fast Eddie's by Cook Shack Pellet Grill. It's a smoker, it's a grill, it's all in one. It's a stainless steel, 100% wood-burning fire pellet-fed cooker that uses direct and indirect heat up to 800 degrees, believe it or not. It is the only pellet grill on the market that uses char broiler technology. It features electronically controlled temperature to eliminate large heat fluctuations to dry and shrink meat. Pellet grill can barbecue, grill, bake, roast, sear, and smoke. Cook Shack has two models of pellet grills, the PG-1000 featuring a fully insulated, double-walled, rolled hood for superior heat retention, fuel savings, and maximum cooking performance. PG-500 features a two-way swing lid, pellet drop, and utensil holder. The PG-500 and 1000 have many great features, including... 784 square inches of cooking space, easy side-loading pellet hopper, fully automated wood pellet feeds, stainless steel cooking grates on the direct cooking zone that produce killer-looking sear marks, nickel-plated grill on the indirect and top racks, drip bucket, pellet ash washer, 100% stainless steel construction, warming drawer, 40 pounds, 40 of Cook Shack Hickory pellets, and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Use it all you want. If you don't like it, send it back. Nobody else will give you that. It is a versatile pellet cooker that adds full flavor to your recipe, including fajitas, ribs, chicken steaks, desserts, sides, and large cuts of meat. You can do it all, plus cold smoking as well. Grilling with wood pellets penetrates the food with an intense smoky flavor, locking in that nice smoke flavor that you're looking for right into the food. When you're cooking with wood pellets, the fuel is consistent, smoke even more flavorful than usual. Recipes, how to videos, check out... Cook Shack's YouTube channel or the cooking guide on their website called Cook Shack at 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Go ahead and order yours today. Come on. 800-423-0698. Your choice or buy both the PG500 and the PG-1000. First person to do that that shows me the receipt. Free bottle of barbecue sauce from me. Come on. What do I say? Support the sponsor. Come on. Support the sponsor. All right. Here we go. Doug Shiding out of the break. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here. The Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. 
right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Dave Bosk is in doing taxes. Dave, hate to tell you you're late. Hopefully you filed for an extension. Otherwise, you're going to be paying the piper. Uncle Sam is going to be coming down on you. Seismic and fantastic fashion. Not that I know anything about them. All right, folks, my first guest tonight is officially the Texas correspondent when it comes to anything barbecue, competition, restaurant. It has to do with the Lone Star State that potentially is still looking to secede from the rest of the union. This is the guy you want to go to. He is the pitmaster of Rogue Cookers. He is a winner of the Houston Livestock Rodeo Contest. He is Doug Scheiding joining us here on the show. Doug, how are you, buddy? Greg, I'm great. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Doug. Appreciate the fill-in tonight as I was going off at the top of the show. Kind of filling everybody in on, you know, you and I, mostly you, were trying to put together a different kind of Texas interview, but when we felt it might be going... Oh, a little bit not in our favor. I put you in that unenviable task of filling in kind of last second. And uh, certainly no better knowledge base uh, than yourself to come to when we're going to be covering the land of Texas barbecue. So I guess, you know, first right off the bat, uh, happenings with you, row cookers. Have you taken any side contract teams on? Uh, what's happening in your neck of the woods? No, no side contract teams. Uh, still cooking the for myself, uh, and then also, uh, you know, it's across the track, and we're uh, planning to go go to the Jack uh, this year as well as the American Royal. So, trying to work real hard and take the month of October off and do the San Antonio Rodeo. So, all three probably in that span of four or five weeks. Do you look forward to that kind of a of a run? Well, uh, typically I only do eight to ten a year, so uh, that'll be quite a few for me, especially going so far, but. Uh, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm looking forward to going to the Royal since I haven't been there and then uh, been to the Jack once. So absolutely looking forward to going to the big ones. Doug Scheiding joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Rogue Cookers and the embedded Barbecue Central Texas correspondent. Uh, Doug, if you could, I guess, you know, Texas is a big state. It's well known. It's one of the meccas of barbecue. You have the Carolinas, you have Texas, you have Kansas City, you have Memphis, uh, California kind of coming into its own as well. But I guess for the folks that maybe aren't you know, really into the, to the knowledge base and really into the subculture as we are, uh, maybe just kind of like a brief overview of Texas barbecue, not necessarily competition-related. We'll get out to here in a second. But you know, how do you view Texas and barbecue as it kind of covers the state as a whole? Well, you know, brisket is, is king here, as, like, as we like to think. But, um, you know, one of the great events is the uh, Texas Monthly uh, Barbecue Festival that they hold every year. And a lot of the top barbecue restaurants around the state uh, get together in one, one location, probably 30 or 40, and you can taste all their wares at, uh, at one time. So, you know, we've got, uh, you know, barbecue places that uh, have been around, you know, uh, for a long time, Louis Mueller's and, and, and some of those that, uh, and Kreitz's and Smitty's out of Lockhart, which has been deemed by the, you know, Texas, uh, House and Senate is the barbecue capital of Texas that, you know, has four good barbecue restaurants. So, uh, there's quite a few around. Unfortunately, there's not many in, too many in San Antonio where I live. Lucky you, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm, 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 uh, I'm a little bit of a barbecue snob. It's probably uh, uh, a few cookers are so. 
I'm self-admitted. But when you have a publication like Texas Monthly Barbecue, and you have somebody running it, you know the only barbecue editor in the country, and Daniel Vaughn, who has obviously uh, leveraged his expertise uh, to that position, and uh, rightfully so. When they rank the top Texas barbecue places, from your knowledge, do you find that that is something that all the restaurants want to be a part of, or is it maybe a little bit more hyped for everybody else outside of Texas, not so much in Texas? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's a big honor to be on that list. They, they produce a top 50 every year, and, and for the most part, they get about uh, 80% of it right. So um, uh, they send out a team of you know people that go out and visit you know, have the unfortunate job of tasting all of this barbecue around the state and, and go around and, uh, and taste it. Uh, uh, and, and for the most part, like I say, they get it, they get it mostly right. Doug Scheiding joining me here on the show, talking a little Texas barbecue. Doug, I, there's probably no bigger name in Texas barbecue right now than Aaron Franklin. Uh, he was recently honored with James Beard Award. Um, I got to imagine when he first opened up the shop in Austin that he wasn't really looking at garnering uh, a awards uh, James Beard style, but then also uh, cookbooks and that book success and seeing a whole bunch of TV time. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel is obviously a big barbecue guy and has had him on a couple times. He's really riding some kind of, of wave of success, and and when you look at him and when you talk to him whether it be on this show or you see him on television, I mean, he just seems to be one of the most down-to-earth guys amidst all of the success has been able to keep such a level head. Why do you think that is? Well, I think, you know, from the standpoint of he, he hasn't let the success kind of, you know, go to his head, like you say, and uh, his his roots are, are uh, pretty grounded, and I've met him a couple of times, and um, I think the last time was uh, he was at the Houston Rodeo, Actually, assisting uh, Tuffy Stone not this year, but uh, last year, and uh, helped him with his brisket. And I think Tuffy got like third and third overall in, in brisket at the Houston Rodeo last year. So um, he he does a good job. And and uh, what was it? Bon Appetit said he would have the best barbecue in America. And recently, you know, he's been leading the charge against Austin City Council with the the whole smoke regulation and. You know things that they're trying to enact for uh, restaurants there, and uh, so he, he's been leading the charge against that. What is that exactly? I mean, you, you read about it, and, and I guess no better person to to get it straight from the mouth from as far as somebody that lives in state. What are they trying to do over there? Well, they're they're saying that the the, the nearby residents are you know that have been there and haven't complained for many years. Now they're they're complaining about the barbecue smoke that's coming from from the restaurants that are in downtown Austin. And so I think he's, you know, within a couple hundred feet of some residents. There's another place that uh, gives some notoriety. It's called uh, La Barbecue. It's a, it's a newer restaurant. But, you know, Austin is kind of one of those green cities, as they say, keep Austin weird sort of thing. And, and uh, for some reason, they've, they've taken, uh, taken on the challenge of trying to go after Austin barbecue restaurants. If I was living a street from Franklin's Barbecue, I wouldn't be complaining. I would say, hey, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, don't read too much into this, Aaron, but if you let me sneak in the back and grab a half a pound of brisket every day, I won't go do what I really want to do, which is, you know, be a, a complainer uh, with the city council and the city government and try and get you guys somehow more regulated. That would probably be a better idea, right? 
Uh, right, exactly. It's, it seems like a problem. Nothing, nothing but a few briskets would uh, would be able to overcome. But uh, and you think living next to uh, a, a restaurant with that sort of notoriety would make your house uh, a little more valuable? Yeah, I would imagine, but evidently not. So uh, we'll see how that plays out here over the next weeks and months. Um, Doug Scheiding joining me on the show, by the way, for just jumping in, uh, talking a little Texas barbecue. What are you seeing as far as let's transition a little bit over to the to the competition side? And, and I guess before I ask this question, you know, we cover a lot of KCBS on the show. We cover a lot of FBA on the show, uh, obviously trying to, to get a little bit more Texas in as well. How do you or what is in the competition world? Uh, how many different sanctioning bodies are in Texas? Uh, are there you know, multiple, multiple, multiple. Is it a, is it a faction state like uh, Arizona either is or, or used to be? That was the big knock on Arizona. There were so many different barbecue factions. What's Texas like these days? Yeah, it's, it's that way in Texas. There's, there's uh, three main barbecue societies in Texas, and then there's kind of a fourth one that uh, actually I wasn't too familiar with. But, of course, there's IBCA, so like uh, that. They're, they're kind of like the big gorilla. Like this weekend, they've got 10 competitions. Uh, nine are in, in the state, I think, and one's in Oklahoma. And then uh, Texas Gulf Coast, uh, uh, Craig Sherry, who's the president of that, they, they have usually probably five to six to eight a month. And then uh, Lone Star Barbecue Society, that's kind of, in, uh, kind of in the heart, central Texas. And then there's another splinter organization called uh, uh, Central Texas Barbecue Association. And that, that's actually a little different than uh, the rules are a little different than the other ones where um, I, I personally don't cook it because, like, for ribs, the ribs turn in, you've got to turn in two whole spare ribs, and then you've got to turn in at least 15 bites. So you've got to actually cut your, your ribs into, you know, riblets and in, into individual bites. And you do the same with brisket. So they've got two whole slices of brisket and, you know, 15 bites or maybe 30, depending on on the number of teams. But uh, other than that, the other, you know, IBCA, Texas Gulf Coast, and Lone Star, um, they, they all have pretty much the same rules, either seven or nine, nine uh, ribs or pieces of brisket. And, of course, the whole half of chicken, which is different than, than KCBS. And there's no garnish on the box, right? No garnish, no garnish at all. In fact, it's strictly forbidden. Yeah. Do you get that? What is it? A little sheet of aluminum foil? Is that standard across those other three majors that you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, put the aluminum foil. You know, allegedly it's supposed to keep the meat meat hot, but uh, I think primarily they use it so that it doesn't collect. Uh, they can see if uh, saucing is done after you know after you put it in the box because that's not allowed in Texas. You're not allowed to do anything. To the meat once you put it into the box. Doug Scheiding joining me here on the show. Uh, Doug, between the IBCA, the Texas Gulf Coast, and uh, the Lone Stars, are one that is predominantly more popular, or is it really just a matter of where they are and, and the majority of their contests are? Those seem to be the most popular regionally ish, I guess. Yeah, regionally, Texas Gulf Coast is more Houston based, so you get a lot of Houston cookers in that. IBCA is is uh, somewhat Houston-based, but they, they have cook-offs throughout the state. And Lone Star is probably in the uh, what, what's considered the hill country, up to maybe Waco and, and maybe south of Dallas. So it's kind of, you know, the central Texas area, you know, San Antonio, Austin, um, and, and Waco. So kind of in there, that area. So 
in a lot of the different sanctioning bodies that we would cover primarily here on the show, uh, there's a lot of pellet cookers, there's a lot of vault or uh, cabinet-style cookers. Obviously, the Jambos are very big in popularity as well, made down there in Texas. Do you find that in the in the Texas competition scene that it's a, a similar mix of cookers? Do you have a lot of pellet cookers and, and cabinet-style cookers, or do you get by with what I guess a lot of people would stereotypically think of Texas as the, the big steel offset style cookers. Uh, yeah. In Texas, you know, we're men are men and uh, they, they love their offset cookers. And, and I say they, because I'm one of the few that cooks on a pellet cooker. And, and I did that after going to the Jack when I saw so many teams uh, cooking on pellet cookers and, and, uh, but down here, you know, it's mostly, Mostly offset. Gator Pit uh, is is around quite a bit. Jambo um, is R and O sponsor the show. They they uh, they make quite a few pits and stuff. But uh, yeah, when I started cooking on a pellet cooker, uh, one of my uh, good friends said that I gave up my left nut for uh, for <laughs> trading trading it in and cooking on my pellet cooker. That is a pretty bold statement to make. Hopefully, you didn't actually have to do that. Uh, Doug Shotting joining me here on the show. Doug, as far as uh, trends in Texas, what are you seeing recently? Well, one of the most recent trends, and I would say this is probably a little uh, influence from KCBS, is uh, that, and to me it's almost blasphemous, but people are starting to sauce their brisket. And uh, the last cook-off I went to, I know that uh, four or five of the top ten were saucing their brisket, and uh, which is probably a new trend for us. Now, when you talk about saucing brisket, I'm sure, and, and I'm asking for the, the noobs in the audience, are you talking about somebody's really doing a barbecue sauce, or do they kind of make up a concoction of you know whatever reserve au jus they've had and then also you know thin it or... or uh... Keep that, but then add in a little barbecue sauce to keep it kind of a, a thin barbecue ish au jus type situation. Yeah, it would be more of a thin sauce, you know, with Worcestershire, maybe some soy and, and maybe a little vinegar and, and the au jus. So um, I know a lot of teams are doing that. In fact, uh, there's there's one cooker, uh, Troy Cresswell of Can't Smoke This, who's been cooking quite a few KCBS. Um, because of some of our deficiencies in our Texas scoring system, but he he's been cooking KCBS to to try to learn what he's doing well, what he's not doing well, because of you know you get your scores, and so then he's been coming back and and actually been doing uh, much better now that he's been cooking KCBS. Is there a definitive flavor profile between all three of these sanctioning bodies, or does or does it vary? And I guess, you know, between one to the next to the next, uh, what are those flavor profiles that seem to be grabbing the judge's attention and, and getting those top calls? Yeah, probably. And, and because, you know, we, we get, you know, the average Joe off the street that, that's the judge, um, it's more regionally based. And so I would say, like in South Texas, where, they're, you know, they like a little more Mexican spicy food that, uh, you know, some of the cooks, you know, will, will spice up their their uh, flavor profile just a little bit uh, more than, than what they would if they were cooking, you know, in Houston or, or Central Texas. So that's probably about the only the only difference. But uh, between the between the, the, the three, IBCA and Texas Gulf Coast and Lone Star, 
the flavor profiles are pretty pretty much the same because you'll see the same cookers that are that'll that'll do well no matter what the competition. Doug, we've seen and talked uh, extensively about barbecue cooking classes here on the show. Do you find that uh, there's just the, the same amount of barbecue classes that are being given down in Texas and for those type of sanctioning bodies, or is it hasn't not reached the same type of a level? Yeah, I would, that would probably be another trend in the last year to a year and a half. Um, uh, Craig Sherry started off doing some barbecue classes, and and now there's probably three, four um, that are doing regular. You know, uh, CJ or of Mama and Papa's, he's he's doing classes now. I know Danny Patton has, has done some classes. So there's there's several teams now that are actually doing doing barbecue classes um, for you know for the general public, and and those people are doing well. And so all in all, it's raising the the, the bar for the, the competition. I guess that kind of leads into my next question is, uh, you know, there, there always seems to be a, a constant back and forth between are the teams that are doing it, just doing it for a cash grab, or are they really doing it to, to disseminate the information? You know, and all the, the ones that I see up here, it's always nothing held back, everything revealed, and I would assume that those classes down there are put on in a similar fashion. Yes, and, and in fact, and, and, um, like Craig's, I, I think he shared everything and, and his, all his recipe. I actually took his, his class uh, last year. Um, CJ does a little different class, and it's a hands-on class. So he has like only eight participants over a weekend, and they actually bring their pits, and he, he uh, helps you with, with your uh, cooking, your style, and, and gives you some education about you know, salt and sweet and, and those sorts of things, some basic things. But uh, some of the some of the cookers aren't, you know, familiar with, you know, using brown sugar on ribs and those sorts of things and not on not on briskets, et cetera, because we, we de- definitely don't like a sweet brisket down here, that's for sure. Doug Scheiding is the pit master of Rogue Cookers, and he is also uh, the official embedded Texas barbecue expert when it comes to the Barbecue Central show, and uh, you'll see him on this show recurring uh, quite a bit going forward. Doug, always appreciate the time. Again, thanks for the fill-in, and we will talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you. There he is. Doug Shiding, Rogue Cookers. Getting you updated on the haps down in Texas because, you know, remember, Texas, I mean, they do have some KCBS contests and so forth, but they do have a number, as we found out, a number of their own sanctioning bodies. And if you get down that way or maybe you live on top of Texas, which uh, would be Oklahoma, uh, I don't know if a lot of Oklahoma guys venture down into Texas and try and get some of that uh, different stuff worked in. I mean, I got to figure if you're cooking KCBS and you got your program down, you maybe don't want to risk going down into somewhere else that might not like a sweet brisket, right? Um but hey, you never know. You got to bug up, uh, bug up your nose or hair up your, you know what? And you want to try something outside? That might be the place to go and try them out. They sound a little faction at the moment, but you never know how things grow into the future. So thanks again to Doug Shiding from Row Cookers to give us a update on the happenings down in Texas. And as again, as I mentioned before, Doug uh, was part of the team or the, the head cook that won the. 2015 Houston Livestock and Rodeo Barbecue Competition cooking uh, or the the barbecue event. The cook-off is what I'm trying to say, folks. 
All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Suckle Busters before we get to Mike McLeod from MMA Creative. It's preferred by competition barbecue cooks, number one. Texas-based, we were just talking Texas. Made in the USA, products have won hundreds of industry awards, including two first place, the American Royal Barbecue Sauce Contest. New product from Suckle Busters? Yeah, how about Suckle Busters Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce? If you follow me on Instagram, you knew that I used that stuff just this past weekend. Good. Got to be honest. It's based on Suckle Busters award-winning honey barbecue sauce. It's a thin glaze and finishing sauce made especially for competition ribs and chicken. I use it on chicken. Super sweet, not spicy, super red. Yeah. And it uses a special American paprika for that bright red color achievement. Brush it on five to ten minutes cooking. It leaves a glossy red sheen on the meat and an extra layer of sweet flavor. Take a competition barbecue chicken and ribs to a whole nother level. Available at the local barbecue store or online at SuckleBusters.com. That's SuckleBusters.com. If you would like to try a bottle free for yourself, send me an email right now. In the subject line, write Cavs are winning. Cavs are winning. I'm following the score on ESPN.com as we watch the by 3 Cavs are winning. Send it to Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Cavs are winning the subject line, and you can get a free bottle of the Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce from Sucklebusters. And the website, sucklebusters.com, if you want to uh, try it on your own without trying to win. Just forego the excitement and buy a case for yourself. Dan would appreciate it. I would appreciate it for Dan as well. Let me know. All right, uh, we are back with Mike McLeod, MMA Creative, coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg Rampy. All right, welcome back. Two one six two two zero zero nine six six. Winner of the sauce, Don G. He never wins anything. He wins everything. Don G wins it. Don, you know the drill. If you haven't already, let me look first. Yeah, if you haven't already, uh, if you didn't, send me your shipping info, and I will get you a bottle of the honey barbecue glaze from Thank you, good sir. All right, joining me now, president, a CEO, a creator of the World Championship, the Sam's Club, all that good stuff. Uh, you see him on this show uh, a couple, two, three, four, five times a year. Uh, we race over to the hotline and welcome back in friend of the show, Mike McLeod. Joining us. 
Mike, how are you, bud? I'm good, Greg. How are you? Absolutely, Vance. I guess I'm kind of sweating out uh, what appears to be another Cleveland Cavalier victory here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, but... Uh, oh, man, good luck with that. Uh, I'm not watching it, so I hope your team wins. It's a nail-biter, I'm telling you. So, uh, All right, Mike, so lots to get to. We've been chasing you down here for the last couple of weeks and uh, finally able to secure, secure you here at least for a few minutes. Uh, I guess, you know, you're, you're kind of a guy that travels here and there. Are you anywhere exotic tonight, or are you back at home base? I, I think I've gotten really successful at uh, pinning you down when I'm in home base. Oh, yeah? Very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Nashville. You got me there again. Best place to be, Nashville. But it's a rare, rare occurrence. This this is uh, barbecue month, so I'm going to be in about four different uh, cities over the next four different weekends. It'd be crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the well, aside from this past week when we had another local uh, the last time, a Sam's event took place with that first regional final uh, that take that took place, and so I kind of use that as a benchmark of you know, at least a, a first portion of the Sam series coming to an end as we look forward to the culmination of the finals in Bentonville in October. As uh, you know, the guy that's kind of in charge and, and overseeing it and gauging how successful it's been going from start to where it is right now, uh, how are you seeing it and, and how do you kind of look at it from a year over year over year kind of a perspective? Well, we've, we've had a few wrinkles this year that we didn't anticipate. I'll be honest about that. But um, uh, from an operational standpoint and from a, an execution standpoint, it gets better and better. We just we get it smoother and we get it um, uh, just more fluid for the teams and for the judges and for Sam's club. And uh, it, it works, uh, works really well right now. I hope it's a program that will work for the next five uh, to 10 years. So we're, um, we're very pleased. We're one fifth of, of the way done over one fifth of the way done. And um, it's hard to believe that because it feels like just yesterday or last week that we started. So it's amazing how quickly time flies. Absolutely, time flying. Uh, when you talk about wrinkles, uh, like anything that you can talk about publicly? Well, anytime you have, uh, you kick off a new season, you're looking at new locations and you're going into areas that you may or may not have been into, uh, you have some, some local challenges. And uh, we, we, had a, we had a couple of little permitting uh, policy issues that popped up along the way or early on. And, um, stumped our toe a little bit here and there and and i would probably uh, be delighted to leave it at that instead of going into all the details but most people who are close uh know uh know how hard that that we've worked how hard the um uh the tour has worked the personnel on the tour and how hard the kcs staff has worked to make sure that barbecue is um a fun center and it's well respected and it's an all-american thing so we're we're um, we're continuing to push that forward and uh, trying to deliver a, a great series um, that with, with a lot of cash prizes and a lot of prestige attached to it. Uh, is is one of those things that flag situation? <laughs> you just couldn't let it go, could you? Well, I mean, look, I, I, I'm uh, I, I, yeah. I don't want to sound like a homer. I don't want to sound like a homer, right? I mean, obviously, Sam's is a partner with the show. Um, I have McD on the show regularly, uh, well before he was even involved with Sam's Club. And when I saw the goings on and, and all the hubbub, I'm like, man, are you kidding me? This Mike McDermott especially, a guy that is traveling and has invested so much time and energy within the industry, and then he's doing all this other restaurant stuff and so forth. So, I mean, this is a guy that's just a food guy in general. How are you going to question 
the love of country because he's trying to abide by reg- I mean, rules and regulations. I mean, these things are going to happen. And as you said, maybe it's a toe stub. Maybe it's, I mean, what are you going to do if you're trying to follow the letter of the law? And this is the way you're interpreting it. It doesn't mean that you're also anti-American, right? I don't know a single person in the barbecue industry, including <laughs> um, McDermott and, and everyone that was um, there on site um, when, when, the, when the situation occurred that is not un-American. This industry <laughs> is probably the most American industry um, of any pastime that you can follow. And, uh, you know, we just had a, a couple of misunderstandings and then um, uh, a couple of domino effects that that led to um, some publicity getting out of hand before it could be contained. And uh, once we once we were able to get all the parties back on the same, including uh, the city and the teams that uh, were impacted, and and um, and our policy and our stance on it, everyone kind of realized that this was just a, an unfortunate situation that they got blown out of proportion, which is typical in in the, the media world. And um, you know, you you run into those occasions every now and then, and we just happen to run into one. Isn't it kind of it's not funny, but I'm going to use the word funny because I can't think of a better word at the moment. But, you know, 10 or 15 years from now, nobody would have ever heard about this. But because we're so electronically available and everything can get out to everybody at every second of every day, uh, it's almost hard to react to things in, in a proper way because of how quickly things can get run out and, and people can start making up their own minds without all the facts, right? It is a blessing and a curse that we have social media and things travel as fast as they do these days. Uh, I have become a big um, empathetic or sympathetic person to um, police departments, for example, and even um, uh, city offices, administrators who have to, if something happens in their city or something happens that's unfortunate uh, in a police incident and the social media realm and then the traditional media realm takes off. Um, it's a, like a, a, a firing, a fire out of control and you're trying to do your homework. You're trying to do your research to get all the facts so that you, when you do take the podium and get in front of a microphone, you, you say what you need to say and report um, what's relevant to the situation without jeopardizing it further. So I've become a very sympathetic um PR person for anyone who has to live in that environment and has to deal with situations that just get uh, to start raging out of control uh, while you're doing your homework. Mike McLeod, president and CEO of MMA Creative, joining us here on the show, talking about some Sam's Club. Uh, Mike, I ask you every year, and uh, it's not like I'm looking for the answer that I'm uh, finally asking the question for, but you know, you've seen Sam's Club now exist for you know. Five years. How long has it been now? Is it is it over? Is it seven years now? Five years? I, th- I think we're in our fifth year. Fifth year. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a proven successful situation uh, for Sam's, for barbecue, for the teams that are taking place in it. Do you foresee a time where Sam's is going to be ready to step up to like a, a multi-year commitment to this thing, or is it still uh, going to be a year-to-year thing, at least for the time being? 
It's an interesting question. I, I think they have a multi-year commitment to it, um, but we always review it every year, and we always um, talk about it. It's like any kind of great marketing program, you or even like hiring a sports agent right, or, a, or an athlete. A franchise will make a five-year deal um, uh, with a Marcus Mariota or whomever, and but every year you're going to look at the performance of of that quarterback or that athlete, and you're going to make determinations on is it helping the franchise move forward? Is it successful? Is it what we expected? And uh, I think that's what we're doing. Uh, we help Sam's Club. Um, that's what they're doing. And we help them uh, review it and analyze it and make sure that we're meeting their objectives every year. The thing that scares me uh, with with Sam's Club or any corporate sponsor that we, we have the, the fortune of working with is is change in leadership. When if there's if there's ever change at the top or in the decision making position of uh, of any company, say it's McCormick's or uh, uh, Smithfield or Southern Pride or Kingsford or any of those kinds of big names in our industry, um, you you stand the the chance of losing a a time tested or consistent program because someone else wants to come in and, and make their mark want to go in a different direction and they have that opportunity so that's probably the biggest thing that I, I keep my eye on when we're dealing with corporations is, is leadership because once we can get in and we can make the case for barbecue uh, and we can build a program that delivers on the objectives that a company's trying to reach in barbecue uh, the program usually works and so we may have to tweak it a little bit may have to adjust a little bit there but the program generally, by and large, works because this industry is a very passionate, it's very growing, it's a very uh, impactful industry. And um, keeping companies right in the middle of it, thanks to consistent leadership, is is one of the things that we try to do. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show. Uh, Mike, as we uh, transition off of Sam's and into the other uh, baby in the crib that you have, uh, World Food Championships, obviously, that'll be happening again this year. Um, how are we ramping up to the big coup de gras in Las Vegas right now at this point of the year? Well, we're ramping up very well. As you, uh, uh, I hope you know, it's, we've moved it from Las Vegas to uh, to Kissimmee, Florida, and um, we the baby is is walking. It's walking very well now, and uh, <laughs> I think in, a, in another year or two, it's going to be running. And it's we will have 500 teams this year, Greg, which will be a, a record. I don't know how many other. Um, competitions other than maybe uh, the Royal or Memphis and May that have that many teams that are competing, and no one has that many teams competing in the in the numerous categories that we do. Uh, we we already have 170, 175 of those team spots committed, and um, so we're over 35, 36 uh, percent to a full field. We are getting very integrated into the Central Florida business market. Uh, there's a lot of great food companies right there from Second Harvest. They're the largest one in Florida to to Publix to Tupperware to Darden restaurants. There are just a, a lot of a lot of food centric and uh, reasons to be there for us that we're just really excited. And that community is already embracing us. I, I think I think the competitors this year and in our industry in general is going to see a, a whole new level of commitment and community when they walk into. Um, Kissimmee and uh, Osceola County uh, versus the excitement and energy that they saw in Las Vegas. 
but it's just going to be different there because people are, are just so excited and there's a doormat waiting for everyone. So we're we're very uh, very pumped uh, and in a very fortunate position right now. All right, Mike. So uh, obviously, I showed my ass a little bit on the last question, and I didn't know it was moved off of Las Vegas. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I did. Uh, you know, I'll call myself well, out when I have to. All of our to. video. That's okay. To your credit, all of our videos still shows Vegas. Um, and and people people had such a a great time there. And I think it's not necessarily just because of the city, but because of the competitors and the passion in this industry, they just love going to that event. Yep. And I've never seen such a a constituency come together and galvanize around one central theme like they have around what we've built with the World Food Championship. So, um, you know, no worries. I understand why you say I, every now and then I make that mistake too. I, I'll mention Las Vegas when I need to be mentioning uh, Florida as much as possible. Um, so, is that is so moving it out? Is that just a strategic decision? Were they trying to lure you out into Florida and, and getting out of Vegas? I mean, what's the what's the mindset there? We there were numerous factors that went into it. There were several communities, um, uh, several cities that were, were were trying. Once they understood what we were, and they went to see what we were, and they saw that after the third year we weren't going away. That in fact we we're actually getting bigger. Uh, we we had offers to go numerous places, and the reason that Florida worked well for us is um, I felt like it it would be well served to be on the East Coast uh, for a lot of the, the Southeast teams that exist. And um, uh, the the community area that we uh, got approached by was just very strong. I'm a small town community guy. I grew up in a, a city with uh, 30,000 people. So uh, I'm used to the Chamber of Commerce wanting to take an interest. I'm used to um, uh, local leaders being involved. And, and they, they had that offer to us. But the whole area of of Kissimmee and, and uh, specifically Celebration, where we're going to be, and Osceola County, where we're going to expand into, gives us the ability to, to spread our wings a little bit. It's very family-centric, so people can bring their kids, and they can go to the championship, and then they can go to, or, uh, go to Disneyland and go to SeaWorld and other places like that to add to their experience. So it can be a, a competition plus vacation type thing, and, and we thought that was just a a good development for us. And from a land grab standpoint, we're not really locked in. We're going to be able to, to activate in the years to come in numerous um, facilities that are world-class in that whole central Florida area. So it's, we think this is the first step into the, to a giant leap uh, for the World Food Championships. Well, it sounds like an absolutely uh, great new destination for World Fruit Championships. Of course, second only to what could only have been a better option, and perhaps because we have the Republican National Convention, it wasn't up for bed. Would have been, of course, Cleveland, Ohio, Mike. I mean, come on, were we not even in the rut? Did we not make a bid, or we didn't try to? We we love to eat well, here. I mean, we're fat up here. You're gonna you're gonna love this. Um, <laughs> we now have a strategic relationship with uh, uh, the fabulous food show. In Cleveland, yeah, and it ha- it happens to be uh, the week it starts ramping up. The week that we start ramping down, so Cleveland, Ohio, can't have two big food events at the same time. So we we made a strategic relationship um, uh, with them. Our champion from this year's World Food Championship is going to be seen for the very first time 
and give a speech for um, at the Cleveland Fabulous uh, Food Show this year. Uh, so we'll be there. We'll be in your neck of the woods right after we give out $100,000. All right, sounds good. I'll be there to get the first interviews and uh, creep on free food. Absolutely. Uh, Mike McLeod is the president and CEO of MMA Creative, of course, the Creator World Food Championships. Mike, appreciate the extra time tonight, and we will catch up again soon. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Greg. All right, there he is, Mike McLeod. Out. uh, We're out of uh, Las Vegas, everybody. I mean, it's not often, certainly not unheard of, but not often that you hear places deciding that, yeah, we're... uh, we're going to kick it out of Las Vegas. I mean, typically that's a place that you might aspire to. But look, I mean, I've heard over the years that uh, maybe maybe people weren't getting the space that they thought they should have. Uh, not world food related, but maybe Las Vegas wasn't giving people the space that they thought they should have. I mean, who knows? And now it's Kissimmee, Florida. A lot of space out there. A lot of way to grow. Of course, fabulous fabulous food show partnership which i found out about yeah baby i'm gonna go to fabulous food show let me talk to you about the guru that's right the barbecue guru makers of automatic pit temperature controlled devices look if you're gonna buy one you thought one you're a lady thought about getting one for your man for father's day that's coming up take advantage of this don't buy it from anybody else these are the creators of this technology Now, you may be a busy working professional like me, or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands, and quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperature. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs. Then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Guru maintains that pit temperature you set it. There are currently four different, well, probably even more than four currently, but... Two of the most popular items that we talk about here on the show. The CyberQ Wi-Fi. Uh, everybody's got some type of a convenience device out there, whether it be a smartphone, a tablet, laptop, computer, netbook. If you can connect to Wi-Fi, you can use the CyberQ Wi-Fi automatic temperature control device. You can control up to two different cookers. You can take the four different internal meat temperatures. It's fabulous. The other end of the spectrum for 149 bucks is the Party Q. That's right. It's the easiest point of entry into the pit temperature control device realm. It's a self-contained package. It runs on AA batteries. It can go from cooker to cooker to cooker. It's fabulous. Now, if you're in the market for a cooker, look no further than the Onyx oven. Been winning on the competition circuit as well as in backyards all over the country for years now. It's a fully insulated unit. Holds a ton of meat. Accommodates the half and the full pans for food service. And it works seamlessly with any of the Barbecue Guru pit temperature control devices, of course. So do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com. Check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. Don't be afraid. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU. Or the website, thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru is a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're back to wrap it up right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. 
Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by the barbecue. Uh, this portion of the barbecue central show being brought to you by Sam Club National Barbecue Tour. That's right, we're just talking about thirty-one cities, five hundred thousand dollars in cash to be won. The next stop this Saturday, May 16, 2015, in St. Charles, Missouri. That was a regional final place. This is a local qualifier that feeds the top six teams in the Midwest City, Oklahoma regional final. Find out more about the Sam's Club Barbecue Series. Check results or to register your team to compete if there are still open spots. You can visit kcbs.us. That's kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. All right, uh, thanks again to Mike McLeod for joining me this past segment talking about Sam's Club Barbecue Tour. Certainly appreciate that. And the candor, especially talking about the uh, wrinkles, as he put it. Problem with social media today, boys and girls. Got no way to wrangle a hold of it if it starts to fly out of control. And then where are ye? Up the creek without a paddle. You got to combat it with your own social medias. You got to be like that damn kook, Ronnie Lotz. Bobby Lotz. Bobby Trotz. Owner of Cigars and Stripes, Berlin. And uh, John Dawson was right. I meant a uh, two-way mirror, not two-sided. Thank you for calling me out, John. I can always count on you to point out all of my shortcomings. Thank you. All right, uh, we'll step away real quick. We'll reload for the second hour. Two great guests in the second hour. We'll uh, recap that at the top. Also, we'll get into some second takes. There was a barbecue contest that took place. Really big one. I'm going to guess a whole bunch of people never knew about that took place here a couple weeks ago. But I'll tell you about it. It's odd. Cavs a winner. One game from getting those pesky bulls out and going into the conference finals, the Eastern Conference finals, which I think we could win too. Anyway, you got to get through the Bulls first. We're hurt, we're hobbling, but we are one win away. I'm going to refresh my drink. I suggest you do the same. We'll see you back here in about uh, 35, 45 seconds. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? We ate 50 for wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's chicken feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. Ooh. Top men. All right, just like that, we are back in the second hour, ladies and gentlemen. You have found the Barbecue Central Show. 
Hey, we talk about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling here. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. A winner tonight in the basketball series. Thank goodness, who knows what we're doing in baseball with blow. Or as this guy would say. Oh, no! We suck again! In baseball. Not a joke. Evidently, there was a big hubbub at the uh, end of the game right before the show started, 9 o'clock. There was fisticuffs, I think, people kicking each other. That's about right for uh, NBA basketball. Let's kick each other. I want to kick you. All right. Um, still to come on the show tonight at 10-14. Some upstart cook Sterling Ball from the Big Papa Smokers team. And helping me close out the show tonight at 10.35, a barbecue stand open new guy, Levi Bosco, will be going as well. You might recognize that last name. Looking forward to my talk with Levi. Folks, the 2015 Sands Club Barbecue Series rolled into... Is that right? I didn't change that. And... So ridiculous. If my memory wasn't so bad, I wouldn't remember how much I hate myself. The Sam's Club rolled through Overland Park, Kansas, this past week. Jeez, oh, Pete. I mean, sometimes you got to make sure you change the wording in the script. Uh, this is a local qualifying event. Top six teams uh, move on to the Midwest City, Oklahoma regional final. That takes place on September 26th. And moving on. And grand championship fashion. Thump and Strum Barbecue, 705 pence. That's... That's a pretty high score right there. 700 plus. Congratulations to that. A reserve grand champ, or as we call it, second place. Smooth smoke. Third place, Smoke and Babes Barbecue. Fourth place, Serious Q Barbecue. Fifth place, Dirt Road Barbecue. And rounding out the top six, Smoking Bad Habit. The next Sam's Club event will be, as I mentioned earlier, this coming weekend, May 16th, in St. Charles, is that Missouri? St. Charles, Missouri? Is that Mississippi? I think it's Missouri. Um, It's a local qualifier. Good luck to all those competing. For those that like the points drop between first and sixth, again, first place was uh, 700.5. Yeah, I was right. It's Missouri. Look at me. I knew it. Why did I put MX? Man. Having a day of it now, folks. Having a day. 700.5 takes it. Sixth place, 681. So almost a, a, well, a, a solid 19 point swing between one and six. So a pretty sizable gap, comparatively speaking. We've seen it be as little as five and six points. So. Uh, 700 plus score overall takes the grand champion. I mean, that's huge, huge points. 
So congratulations to Thump and Strum for winning the local. And uh, they'll be moving on to the regional final along with five other teams as well. Uh, The current top five in the KCBS, if you're wondering, Travis Clark and the Clark Crew Barbecue team is sitting atop the leaderboard right now. Hey, look at this guy. I know. The American Dream Barbecue team. 300 points behind Travis Clark. Uh, Tommy Houston, Checkered Pig, Hewn Stewart and Bruin, fourth place. And Darren Worth, Iowa Smoky D's, currently in fifth place. 21-25 is uh, the leader, 1914 American Dream, 1863 Checkered Pig, 1837 Q and Stew and Bruin, and 1809 Iowa Smoky D's. And uh, that's your top five there for the KCBS. All right, so I told you in the first hour, actually, let me make sure that I get over to my full results well for my next guest oh where is that one man you know it's getting later in the year when you have plenty of barbecue competitions going off during the course of a weekend i mean remember in february it's like three two skip a week i'm left up to my own devices to figure out what to talk about not anymore i mean you get into this part of the season man it's all You know, I have to remember, was it three years ago now? Could it be three years ago? When I was at the, well, yeah, I mean, it's got to be three years ago. At the, uh, when I was at the inaugural first time, Kingsford Invitational Barbecue Contest, where they flew such barbecue socialites out to, St. Louis, and then bust us uh, roughly eight hours to the ripe old middle of nowhere, better known as Bill uh, Bell, Mississippi, Bell, Missouri, where their uh, one of their manufacturing plants was, to watch the pomp and circumstance of the Kingsford Invitational unfold in its inaugural sense. Set out on a nice cow hill. Top teams in the industry competing for a fifty thousand dollar take all, and it was filmed for television, and there was a lot of hype and lead up to it, and all that stuff. And then, you know, last year, hey, hey folks, in case you missed it, the Kingsford Invitational's done over and competed like two weeks ago. Anybody know about that? No. I mean, you know. I'm sure some people saw the Facebook post and stuff like that. But did anybody even think about it? Anybody even know who won it? Uh-oh. I know who won it. Tuffy Stone won it. Thought. I don't understand what Kingsford is doing with their Kingsford Invitational Barbecue Competition. Uh, I am... I, I at least fancy myself kind of a decent marketer uh, trying to press interest, you know, in this show or my guests or whatever the case may be by doing a number of things. I didn't see one thing from Kingsford or get an email to talk about it or have somebody on or promote this or they do nothing. Who even was there? Who was competing besides Tuffy Stone? 
I don't know. Is this something that's going to be on late? If you're gonna do, if you're not going to tell any about it, make sure that there's no social media and that there's no anything, so you don't at least know that it happened, but you have like no results. Is, can I go to Kingsford.com and get Kingsford invitational results? I don't see it anywhere. I'm, it's crazy. And even last year, it wasn't that well talked about and promoted. I don't think I even saw it on television. Are they still taping it for television? It's beyond bizarre because they're giving away a huge prize. I mean, if I'm going to, like I've said, I think, and I'm the only one that thinks like this, of course, but this is just me. It's my world. It's my show. Why not take part in the competition that's a take-all? Like if you got a shot to take home fifty grand or a hundred dollars, look, I get it. I'm opening up a can of worms, especially for my next guest, who believes in paying down and across, you know, fifty thousand spots. I mean, I get it. But it, it to have not promoted it at all, or to have not locked it away in a shed somewhere so nobody knew about it is bizarre. And who knows if anybody's even going to get to see it. I mean, don't you want to see? Don't you want to hear? I mean, I've reached out to Tuffy Stone. I don't don't even think he knows what he's allowed to talk about or not talk about. Who knows? Kingsford, I mean, come on, man. I know uh, people want to peg me as a Kingsford hater, and I'm not. But, again, beyond bizarre. Beyond bizarre. Folks, I'm going to talk to you about David Bosco of Butcher Barbecue. Look at this guy. Doing it again and again and again and again, over and over again. For the last uh, you know month or so, I've been talking to you about the grilling oils. Show of hands in the instant chat. How many people have actually nutted up, taken my sweet-ass advice, gone to ButcherBBQ.com, and bought the grilling oil and loved it? Of course you have. Roll call. This stuff is great. Dave, is it available in the bigger bottles yet so I can place my next order? You know, like the five-gallon drums. I like Steakhouse too, Matt G. Absolutely. Oh, come on, Dave. Let's go. We're sending it all the way to Cleveland. I want to buy big. I buy big or I go home. Wait, buy big or don't? Whatever that saying is. I want to buy big. That's the bottom line. So here's what you do. You want to get your grilling oils, of course. You want to get your injections, the beef, the pork, the prime, the bird booster, the open pit pork injection, all that good stuff. You get that at ButcherBBQ.com. Now, perhaps you're looking for a go-to rub or sauce. Well, good news. You can stay right at ButcherBBQ.com and get your fix. Got a full line of award-winning rubs, of course, one of my favorite rubs is 50% of what I have affectionately referred to and coined and phrased the North Coast offense, the honey barbecue rub. Love it. Of course, you got the steak and brisket rub. Then you have a, a premium rub as well, formulated to work with injections, a good one-two punch. Of course, the sweet barbecue sauce. If you, if you don't make your own sauce or you're out of some sauce, you're looking for a different sauce, whatever. Try Butcher's Barbecue Sweet Barbecue Sauce. I mean, look, 
Nobody's more picky than me when it comes to sauce. This is stuff that I absolutely love. We'll drink right out of the bottle. I've done it. It's on video archive. Delicious. There's no liquid smoke in there. Here's what I say. Get a box of six. You'll be surprised how fast it goes. You'll be thanking me that you got six because one, boom, it's gone. No worries about breaking the bank when it comes to shipping either items totaling up to 55 bucks. Ship at $8.50. Between 55 and 200 ship at $9.75. Anything over 200 bucks ships free. So, as I tell you each and every week, buy $200 and one cent of things. Get the free shipping. Get the free shipping. All right, head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. Stock up now. Always trust your butcher. We're back with Sterling Ball right after this. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, this portion of the Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills. Manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to hold a ton of meat, they got one for you. If you're looking for a medium-sized cooker, yeah, they got you covered there. How about something to take on the tailgates? Coming soon. Well, they got you covered there, too. They can also supply you with some really awesome wood pellets. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Hook yourself up with one. I love mine. You could love yours as well. My next guest, a uh, proud sponsor of this show, competitive barbecue cook, captain of industry, and uh, here to recount the win at the West Coast Barbecue Classic, the pitmaster of Big Papa Smokers, Sterling Ball, joining us here on the show, and I should say affectionately, my favorite Sterling, of course. Sterling, how are you, buddy? I'm fine. How are you doing? Doing absolutely fabulous, Sterling. Appreciate you making time for the show this evening. Uh, On the heels of a Cleveland Cavaliers win, no less. Can you believe it? I guess you can't. You there? Hello? Hello? No, Sterling. He was there, I swear. He was there. I hate it when I go through the big intros and then, you know, they drop off his damn cell phone service. Don't people have hard lines anymore? Way of the dinosaur. Hello? Sterling. We lost you. Hey, there he is. Get out of the ravine and uh, stick that finger in the air. Get the wind right. All right, so uh, big win this past weekend, of course. Uh, We're talking with Sterling Ball, the pitmaster of Big Pop Smokers. Uh, Long Beach, California, home of uh, Snoop Dogg, fifty-seven team. This is he is he Long Beach, right? He's a Long Beach guy, right? Snoop Dogg. You know, I think so. No, you know, you guys are like best friends. I heard. No, sorry. Not really. Okay. I'm too old for Snoop Dogg. <laughs> All right, so uh, fifty-seven teams take part in a Long Beach, California, uh, Long Beach, California competition, the West Coast. Barbecue classic. Um, so as you look over the field and you look over your particular cooking wares uh, over the weekend, you know how do you kind of evaluate where you where you shook out? Well, I, you know, I think that usually you know you sit down at a contest and you say, "Oh, my 
chicken was great. My pork was less than great. And that usually means that your pork hits. Well, pretty much the judges saw it how we saw it this time, which is kind of crazy. And roughly six tenths away from a 700 mark. I mean, the, so the scoring overall was very high too. Yeah. Well, there's some, uh, you know, out here in California, we, we have to put up with the stigma from the rest of the country that there's not a lot of good cooks here. And I just would love them to come out and cook because there's, there's some really good teams and the competition was very, very tough. And, um, you know, there was two one eighties in chicken. There's a perfect, perfect in brisket. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think Steph, uh, my partner in crime, West coast offense, he won ribs and he had a one seven, nine, four, four. So, I mean, you know, I, I like it, you know, Justin came out and cooked from lucky Q at Mesquite, which is a lot of, the California teams. And I think he'd probably tell you that that there's it's better barbecue than we get credit for. Do you do you is there still a, a stigma of, of California teams? Yeah, I think so. I mean on Arlie Arlie did the, the promotion for this and guys on his uh, on his Facebook page here goes, you know, teach those Californians barbecue and what real barbecue is and I think that's pretty funny. Well, I think uh, perhaps that's you know a uh, uh, well, it's it's the uh, you're from Cleveland and the, and the river still catches fire, right? I mean, it's one of those things that maybe isn't going to go away. I think when you when people actually stand to to do a monicum of research and see where California competition barbecue has come, especially over the last you know three, four, five years, uh, you can travel out uh, east and and do just as good as you as you would if you traveled you know north well, I mean, north and west. has got a one eighty in brisket at the Jack this year, and you know it's all right. Listen, what it is is barbecue. I think is elevated everywhere, and I think it's harder than when I started. I think it's more detail oriented. I think that um, everything's a little more sophisticated, a little more complicated. You know, I talked. It's certainly more expensive. I talked with Scott uh, Scott Nelson a couple weeks ago on the show after uh, a win that he had, and we got into. And you've talked about how competition barbecue has has evolved into being a, a rich man's sport, and and I've said, and I asked Scott, I said, hey, you know, when teams, when the top teams are winning and they're using wagyu briskets and specialty pork shoulders and specialty ribs and free range, you know, blue eyed chickens and whatever the case may be. You know, these are all things that are going to inherently cost more. And is there a divergence from how it was and, and how it's going to need to be? And maybe more to the point, are judges now becoming accustomed to having the higher end cuts? So well, they don't know who's cooking a Wagyu and who isn't technically, uh, but because they're used to tasting it so much, if somebody's turning in a prime or a CAB or whatever, uh, that that now their mouth is being able to, to tell a difference as well. Well, you know, I think so. You know, I think that you can cook a great prime and a, and a great um, cab, but I think that you can cook a great Wagyu a lot easier. And I think that with Wagyu, I think there's a lot of teams that feel like they can't win unless they cook it. And maybe they're not cooking it very good. And so they can't win when they cook it. So, it's a little tough, but I can tell you when I look at the um, when I look at the standings, most of the top teams are cooking wagon. I mean, and most of them are cooking Snake River. I mean, that's what I cooked this last week. 
You pull a 180 in chicken. What are you doing with chicken right now? Uh, honestly, it's the West Coast offense. Um, well, what's, it, it's, it's now Steph, look, that's, Steph rubs with no. my rubs, and, and it's, it's really paying attention to the tenderness. What's what's and, what's and your car, I mean, it, what's your West it's Coast offense? It's got great flavor. I mean, I think we're cooking great chicken. I really like it a lot. What's what's your West Coast offense? I mean, West Coast offense is tongue in cheek, and it's it's you and it's Steph. But like, what's your West Coast offense? No, actually, it's a it's it's really. I mean, last weekend we had six six GCs, so it's not. I mean, it's it's a lot of it's 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 a lot of blending between sweet seduction pecan. Peppered cow, uh, little Louie, sweet money, money, sometimes double secret, some hallelujah. And, you know, the chicken, it's a lot of sweet seduction and, and sweet money. Some people are running pecan with it. Some are running seasonal stuff. So, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, it. there's no, it, it's so funny how Steph and I did this because we're just buds cooking next to each other who started playing with each other's rubs and said, what is this really are complimentary and really hit? And, you know, it's, it's hit, it's one all over the country. And that's, that's another thing when you talk about flavor from barbecue, I've said this before, like Rod Gray uh, broke down the barriers of that with, with his version, you know, of Blue Zog, Cimarron Dock and um, Smoking Guns Hot. And I think that those are, that's certainly still there, but I think that stuff on my stuff is, you know, is all over the country. I mean, we're teams are winning. You know, you're a couple California-based guys, businesses, rub makers, purveyors, whatever you want to call it. Are, you know, in your wildest dreams, did you think it would take such a foothold into the to the, at least the barbecue competition area? I mean, obviously, it's seen success uh, in backyards and in the restaurant changes I talk about in the read, but solely in the competition, are you surprised that it's really taken such a stronghold? Absolutely. Anybody who did, I mean, we're selling tons of it. And, um, you know, then we also, BJ's Brewhouse, which is coming to Cleveland, I think, and they have 165 stores. They're using, you know, Sweet Money and Desert Gold and Hallelujah and Cucaracha and like a, like a lot. So, I mean, it's in the restaurants. It's, it, it's, it's all over the place. No, but I, I didn't. And, and I never thought at my age that I'd be doing this in barbecue either. I mean, the, it, 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 I, I turned 60 this year. I recorded my first CD at 59, and I'm out 25 weeks cooking. It's kind of funny. But look, at I got to tell you what made West Coast offense. It was Iowa. Okay, the emergency, the emergence of Iowa. Scott Nelson came out to California, Wildemar, got my first bottle of Double Secret, went back and won with it, and told everybody about Big Papa Smokers. And you know, teams like Tippy Canoe and Big T's and Lucky's and, and then Darren got on and um I think that Darren has been an unbelievable ambassador for us and I think that that we have played a significant part in his flavor. And you know, I think right now everyone would say that Darren Darren or Donnie or whatever are probably I mean they're animals. I mean Darren especially is such a big game hunter. You know, he does so well in the majors. It's it, it's really impressive. But those Iowa guys talked about it. And uh, so it really was California by way of Iowa. When you are putting together barbecue rubs, like how do you 
how did you a get a blend going and then how long does it take from you know let's call it the initial recipe or version one to hey it's good enough let's let's take it to the market and see who wants to buy well i learned i learned by breaking down a, a garlic pepper that i really liked and then um i tried to figure out lowry's and so and that became double secret and i wanted big sea salt uh and so it just kind of it goes from there and now i work with a. Uh, uh, Jerry Bonner, who's the head food guy at Old World, and we we have great sessions talking and stuff, and um, we have some new products coming that are really exciting. But you know, I've got every spice in the world in my pantry, and you know, I wanted a jalapeno salt, you know, and so we we played around with that, and hallelujah is um, the result there. So it's just kind of getting an idea of what you want to do. And then kind of going for it, and then you get it gets easier as you as you go along. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show. BigPapaSmokers dot com is the website if you want to check it out. Here when we're talking, uh, I, I diverged off of chicken uh, this past weekend, and I apologize, Sterling. You had referenced paying attention to tenderness was key. How do you do, like? How do well, you do that specifically? Are you squeezing it okay, or touching I, I, it? Is it time? Is it temperature? What? All right, well, look, here's, here's one of the things. I mean, the greatest thing about barbecue is whenever you say something, and especially on radio or on a forum, there's 10 people who, who say you're wrong. And, you know, <laughs> so, you know, I know what it is for me. And to me, the number one thing, there's so many people over trim their chicken where there's no meat in that left, left of the bone. And if you did a cross section of it, it would look like an M. And their chicken, when I taste it, has a tendency to be a little tougher. And so we want to make sure we get the vein out there. We cut the little bottom flap, but we're not trimming a whole bunch off that chicken. Okay. And we're, it's getting more tender. The other thing is I, I think you're really Russian roulette. If you put it to like 165 where it's done and it's super tender and it, it, it's juicy where juice is dripping all over, I think a lot of judges think it's not done. So it, it's trying to find that right point where it's moist. And it's not tough, but it isn't exploding when they bite into it. So that has, and you know, you can't purely go by internal temperature because your cooking time and temperature determines a finishing internal temperature too. Just like with brisket, if you cook brisket for 15 hours, it's done at one, you know, and don't foil, it's done at like 185, 190. We put our briskets on at six in the morning, okay? And they take four and a half hours, and they're 212 when they're ready, 211. So you can't just go by um, by temperature. And but you're and so it's it's a lot of practice. Look, I wasn't happy in Mesquite with our chicken that came in temp. I mean, James and I cooked I think 45 chicken thighs last week. So it is practice, of course. Oh yeah, I think it's you know it's the only thing I can control. And for a long time, people probably thought I practiced too much. But, I mean, this is, it, it's, I mean, look, at it's a half a point here, half a point there. It's thousands of a point. So, yeah, I want to make sure that we have control. I mean, the, the latest thing that's coming is the charcoal I use is going away. But a lot of guys that use Ozark Oak, I mean, so it's finding a suitable replacement there. We're burning a lot of charcoal in the weeks we're not during the week trying to find the one that matches our the flavor profile, 
the burn temperature, the ash. And so that's that's something we're working on now, too. In the ribs category, you take six. Um, yeah. How how good were compart, the ribs? Compart ribs. Yeah. So, like, what's the flavor of a of a compart rib? Is it is it more porky or like what, what's the no, what's no, the value? It's really, benefit? really, really tender. So, it, it, it's that's the best. It's got great flavor, but it's super tender. And uh, you you sometimes have to be a little careful because it can. I mean that that prime time when it's ready can can get by you, but um, yeah, I mean I'm I'm cooking all compart stuff. I'm part of Team Compart, and um, you know I've had an excellent season so far in in pork. Uh, at two one seven nine four four is there so far. Um, I think two firsts and five contests. So, but pork pork has been good, but the compart pork is just crazy good. I mean the, he calls it the Black Angus of of pork, I call it the wagyu of pork. Is it a situation where you know, like some of the the higher qualities will have a tendency to cook faster? Uh, will it cook quicker than normal? No, no, it's not necessarily faster. I think you just got to be a little more. Personally, I have to be more careful with it compared to a commodity product. I mean, I don't want to over render it, and because it you you hit a point where it becomes fall off the bone, maybe a little quicker than some of the other stuff. Uh, you pull, and, a, like you said, you don't want. That's right. Uh, you pull a third and brisket. Uh, pork was a little bit farther, you know, down the list uh, than than the other three at the sixteenth. But yeah, that was an off, it was an off week in pork. It just and we knew it. And you know what you do is you just you hope you do well enough. You know, in the other categories, we knew we weren't going to hit in pork. We knew that. And and by the way, anybody who says they know, you never know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. It's the funniest thing. I mean, I've had cooks where I thought there's just, I, you know, I knocked it out of the park, and I'm pretty critical. If you talk to Matt Dalton and the different West Coast teams and stuff, I'm usually very hard on my food. Like my grandma Rempe used to say, even when you know, you never know. No, you never know. Right. So, I mean... Look, there's a lot of really good competitions, and and you know there's not as many in Northern California this year than last year, and Nevada and Arizona there's not many at all. So the California ones we're we're having all big contests. I mean, I cooked Santa Anita, I think it was a hundred team. Yeah, and uh, um, so, made a point. I mean, the fact that it, you could look at California and say, boy, barbecue is doing really well, but I think it's doing well in California because the other states are really not doing well. Yep, benefiting from uh, the other states being down, absolutely. Uh, Pitmaster of Big Papa Smokers is who we're talking to, Sterling Ball. Uh, he is the grand champ of the West Coast Barbecue Plastic that took place just this past weekend. Uh, where are you going to be at next competing, Sterling? Okay, I um, very well, I hate to do this to, to our buddies at Ridge Route, but I, I looked at my schedule. I couldn't do Bakersfield because it would have been – it would have been 11 in a row when that's, you know, I'm still running a couple other businesses and got grandkids and family. So I'm taking this week off and then I got six in a row. I'm doing Boulder city. I'm cooking Norco. I'm cooking, um, uh, Valley center. I'm cooking the taste of Dallas in June 12th, which is an invitational. I'm doing a lot of cooking in Colorado this year in the summer. Cause really after June, the California contests are pretty much done. 
there's only, I think, two or three after that. So, I mean, if I want to keep cooking, I'm having a hard time finding 25 contests to cook. Right now, I'm at, I think, 22 on the books, and five of them are, are invitationals. So it's going to be very difficult because I'm only going to have, you know, 17 contests that count, and I'd like to get more. Because you know what, when you've got a company and, you, and you're trying to make sure your profile stays out there, you have to show up in the standing somewhere. Yeah, right. I mean, it's believe it or not, it's a little pressure that um, that's always there. You know, you you don't want to have this big big pop of smokers, this West Coast offense, and then go and you know need depends. Absolutely, uh, he is Sterling Ball, the pitmaster. Uh, Big Papa Smokers, and again, the website, bigpapasmokers.com. Sterling, always appreciate the time, and again, congratulations on the win this past weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. You got it. There he is. My favorite Sterling, Big Papa Smokers, Pitmaster Sterling Ball, of course. I'm telling you, man, he's, there's no doubt. I mean, those rubs are, those rubs are good. I mean, I have a, a full complement of those rubs in my pantry, and... Yeah, to a man. Well, respect. All right, folks. Uh, Mother's Day was this past weekend. Did you f-, f it up? Oh, boy. You did it again. You did it again. You did it again. Hurry. You can fix it. Go to stephendefranco.com. That's right. Stephen, D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O. stephendefranco.com. Pick out a new watch. Call Steve right now, 440-943-2700. Tell him you're a barbecue brother or sister. He'll give you the real discounted price on the watch that you find and pick out on the website. It's not allowed by the manufacturer to show the real discounted price on his website. All watches from Stephen DeFranco come with the exclusive watch performance package that includes a one-year extension of the manufacturer's warranty, free engraving, free watch batteries for life of the watch, a free polishing cloth, all at no extra charge. All ship for free, saving you money there as well. Of course, Father's Day coming up. Ladies, I know you're mad because your boyfriend or your husband or whatever screwed it all up for him. Don't, don't, you know, continue to perpetuate the bad. Perpetuate the good. Show him you're better than he is. Call Steve. Again, 440-943-2700. Look for a watch for your man. You know, men inherently, you know, except for some jewelry guys but nothing sets off your work clothes or your going out outfit off better than a finely crafted timepiece the Bolivas the Citizens Philip and Company he's got them all on the website again stephendefranco.com call them 440-943-2700 alright we're back with Levi Bosca right after this stick around we'll be right back Name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back. 
216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Email in from John Dawson. Greg, the Kingsford Invitational should be used as a case study of how to get marketing completely wrong. Two words of advice to Kingsford. Gary Vaynerchuk agreed. Talk about having the most talked about barbecue contest on the face of the earth after he got done. I mean, V, get that thing turned around. I mean, again, it's so bizarre. You have a huge $50,000 winner-takes-all barbecue contest, and nobody freaking knows about it. What the hell? Let me tell you what people know about right now. The newest guest into the Barbecue Central Show stable, he is Levi Bosco. Levi, brother, how are you? Pretty good, man. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Levi. I appreciate you making time for the show tonight. And so I want to have you on. I mean, I'm a big fan of yours on the Instagram, and uh, I, I just like uh, you know I'm I don't I don't take really good pictures, but I appreciate people that take and know how to take really good pictures, and you do that very well. Uh, so I, I really like following you on the social media stuff. Just see your pictures. I mean, you know, Thanks, man. stalk around on your personal life. You know, love that too. But the pictures really, you know, the thing I like the most. So my girlfriend always hounds me about that because we can't go anywhere without me taking a picture of my food somewhere or doing something. That's like inherent with the whole barbecue culture, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Got to take pictures of everything that's about ready to go in your pie hole. So you've gotten into uh, what I call the biz of barbecue. And look, I mean, from the guy like me who's just a backyard guy and and likes to kind of pal around with these uh, pit masters and so forth in the competition scene and in the restaurant world, uh, if you're halfway decent at it, people are always like, oh, your barbecue is soggy. You should start a restaurant. But it's like one of the most riskiest things to do in the world ever. Um, However, if you do it right and you have a good plan – it can be done very successfully and perhaps, you know, grown out. So I figured, hey, you have the Butcher Barbecue stand. Is it open, like officially yep. open yet? Uh, Saturday at 11 o'clock. This Saturday or it, like a couple days ago? Yeah, this Saturday, May 16th at 11 a.m. We open the doors. All right. So we are literally hours and days away from, yeah. from getting this thing down. So, all right, so let's dig at it from, from this fashion. Like, where are you like, hey, let's open Butcher Barbecue Stand. Got to do that. Sir, are you asking how did I come up with it or what? Yeah, like when, when, like how long have you been marinating on that? Um, Well, it was about a year ago. Me and uh, my dad uh, decided we were going to do a catering thing, and uh, that kind of fell through. And we were sitting, cutting meat one day, and I looked at him. I was like, I want to open a restaurant. And then we started just kind of talking about it and talking about it, and then one thing led another, and I was like, hey, let's do a barbecue stand, not a full-blown restaurant, and a sit-down place. Not, let's not do that. and Try and do it a little bit cheaper, and so we just went with the barbecue stand. He's like, do you want to do it? He's like, I have full faith in you, and there, there it went, literally. I grew up in a barbecue restaurant, so uh, when I was five, my, my grandparents bought a restaurant. I, I lived in it until I was 17 when it burned down, and so I've kind of been around it my whole life. So what have you done? So since... You were both, uh, you and, and uh, Dave were like, hey, okay, you know, good, let's let's get this thing going. What have you had to put into place 
uh, buy, order, get set up to eventually lead up to the, the big open coming up on Saturday? We have to buy everything. <laughs> <laughs> what have we not bought? That's probably the, the easier thing. Um, man, we, we it's actually at an old Connex, uh, which is like the reefer units that they send on ships that you see stacked up a mile high. They put on ships. Uh, that's literally what it is. It's a 40-foot uh, long Connex. It's a fully insulated building. We just bought a non-working unit. We built walls in it. We literally we drew pictures on a piece of notebook paper, and we're like, hey, we, should, we could do this and do that. And our meat shop, the meat processing plant, has three of those Connexes put together. So we were able to walk around it and go, man, we could put a prep table here. We could do this. We could kind of lay it out and actually be in exactly what we were going to be putting it in. And uh, it just really grew from there. I went to the city and had one shipped, and then all hell broke loose from there, man. It just kind of built on from there. Eight months, literally. We, we uh, I looked the other night at my receipt, and it was delivered on the 18th eight months ago, and we're opening up on the 16th, so. What kind of a what kind of a menu? Well, let me say this. This is just my personal outsider looking at. If I was ever going to do a restaurant, like this is like the perfect idea. No full-blown restaurant. I think that is a very difficult way to make a successful restaurant depending on where you're at. I mean, in Cleveland I would, you know, lose my shirt. But why not have something people walk up? Uh looks like uh, from some of the other pictures I saw you have like some picnic tables and, you know, some, some other uh, seating available out there. But, you know, no uh, waitresses and no overhead lights and, you know, all this other overhead that's just going to kind of eat into that bottom line right off the top. Um, so that's kind of like my I, I would love to do that kind of a thing. But as far as menu is concerned, uh, how extensive or how basic, perhaps, are you sticking with it right off of the outset? Um. I wouldn't say it's basic, but it's not basic because we're really truly going to take the competition style and make it public and just kind of feed people like that. But I mean, uh, I do a smoked hamburger and so we're doing, we're going to do that. It's a half pound smoked cheeseburger, but it's 60% beef and 40% ground bacon inside the patty. So it's a half pound patty with bacon already in it. We'll smoke that. It takes about an hour and a half. Uh, we'll hold it and brisket au jus, and, you know, we, we'll do – that's kind of different. Um, I've been in these kind of things, but they're called chickpea nuggets. I'm taking smoked boneless uh, chicken breasts. I'll keep them up, and then we hold them in our sauce with more brown sugar and put them back in the smoker, and they'll caramelize the day. And you can order those by the pound or a sandwich and that kind of stuff. Um, dessert is Twinkies, literally just Twinkies. I thought that was kind of cool. Everybody loves Twinkies. Um, but there's nothing too crazy. I mean, it's just it's barbecue. That's what it is. If, if it can't be cooked in the smoker, we aren't cooking it. Um, there's no ovens. There's no fry laters. There's none of that. There's a Cook Shack FEC 750. Oh. That's it. That's a big boy. 750 hold a lot of meat now. Yep. Yep. Do you have, uh, I would imagine, some, some really good uh, meat purveyor contacts, uh, given the fact that of uh, you know the the industry context that you already kind of have and are related to. Well, it kind of helped. The, the <laughs> we uh, we're buying through U.S. Foods, and so we contact the girl, and so she comes out to the meat shop, and my dad just starts spitting questions at her. She's like, "Let me send my meat guy out," and uh, so they send their meat guy out, and they have a heyday for an hour and a half, and he's a big cab guy, and that was kind of funny, and they had their their talks, and they they respected each other. 
by the end of the day, and he thought it was really neat that somebody else could talk to him the way that he could talk to him. So they're, they they understand what they're getting into on our end with the, the butcher background that we can call them. And, well, I got my first truck today, for instance, and they sent us 160 frozen slabs of St. Louis's, and we put them back on the truck and sent them back. And I called them. I was like, hey, we can't cook frozen ribs. We're not going to. And so now we have more ribs coming to model fresh, spare ribs ready to cut. But they're making it happen for us next week. They're going to have them pre sliced for St. Louis and everything. So, did you? It helps. Did you go out into your you know marketplace? I mean, I'm sure you figure out where you're going to plant the stand, and then you you know take a, whatever kind of a radius you're looking at and doing business with. Did you go out and kind of poll and get some instant feedback on what people might be or what might attract them more to your barbecue stand or place of business than they would be going anywhere else? No, not really. Um, I just kind of built a place that I would want to hang out with. Like I said earlier, I'm not, I don't like calling myself a foodie, but like I've planned vacations around places to eat. So I do a lot of like traveling around and eating different places. And I've just kind of on my own R and R, I guess. And like, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it's just, it's just, something I think that I would enjoy and we're not reinventing the wheel. It's, it's barbecue. I mean, that, that, that's what it is. We're going to have brisket, we're going to have pulled pork, we're going to have ribs and chicken and, and we'll have one side on. I'll do weekly specials and stuff like that. But I mean, if you like barbecue, you're going to like it. How many other people are entering this foray with you? Is it just Levi Bosca and you're going to be there yeah. like 24, seven, yeah, 33, 65. Yeah. Well, we're, it's going to be Friday, Saturday from 11 to 8 p.m. and Sunday, 11 to 3, and uh, that's that's all we're going to be open. But yeah, I mean, it's mine. It's mine. It's it's all me. So it's just uh, you're just open on the weekends, basically. Yep, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Wow. All right. So what are you going to do the rest of the week? Uh well, we still got meat hanging in the uh, meat shop, so we'll probably couldn't be. The business plan. Uh, I'm a business guy, so I always like talking numbers with people. Uh, obviously you have some setup costs and, you know, some money already invested in, uh, do you have, uh, projected out numbers now where, you know, you need to be to get that ROI back or, or do you have a, a time period, uh, set up at least on a, on a benchmark to, to get ROI back on this place? Um, not really, man. Uh, like you said earlier, it, it, it's cheaper and stuff to do what we're doing. So the property, I don't have cost and property because I put it on the same property that my grandma had her restaurant. We're on the, the original Route 66. So I have property. She she donated that to me basically as I was going to get a third of everything she has when she dies. So she gave me my third while she was alive and she can enjoy it with me. And so that's a big cost. Um, uh, the unit and everything, literally when we open the door, everything will be paid for. So I don't have any crazy overhead. So you're just so, going to be making gravy right from that first sandwich. Almost, yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do it. You got to come up and uh, you ready to franchise? I'm about ready to drop one on the lakefront here. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it was eight months of uh, doing everything yourself from, I'm talking gravel and rock <laughs> to building fake tables and everything. Man, it, it, it didn't come cheap, but it's really hard work to even get to even where we are. Uh, butcher barbecue uh, seasonings and injections and all that stuff, or, uh, or what? Literally, it's 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 the recipe. It's man's recipe. And so I mean, 
honey rubs go on the ribs, uh, the premium rubs on the brisket, a little bit of steak and brisket rub on it. I mean, we'll be wrapping just like he does at the competitions. We'll be using the oil with the ribs just like we do at the competition. It's it's almost to the T. The difference is, is when you go to competition, you cook six slices or six pieces, and you have a one bite. You have that one bite, and you have a well, you know, a five-minute window where they're eating it. I have to cook the same quality of food and be able to serve that quality food for hours. You know what I mean? And that, that's the that's the part where people lose it is not knowing the knowledge on holding proteins and doing all that correctly that usually ends up pretty bad. Well, that was going to be uh, one of my last questions was, you know, as you say, in, in the competition world, it's a whole different beast when you're open, you know, between eight and five. You know, there could be mm-hmm. a potential stretch where you're not turning it over as quickly and, and you need to know either how to hold or you run that risk of falling into a lot of other chain barbecue restaurants where, you know, it's crappy. Unless you're getting it right out of the cooker, uh, it's right. average at best. So it sounds like you have some plans and some experience on how to make sure that whether it's coming off the cooker, whether it's been out, uh, your client isn't going to be able to taste that difference. Right. No, and they won't. Sounds like things are headed in the right direction. If people want to get out there, uh, address you know the city, the phone number, all that good stuff. Let's uh, get it out there so we can make sure that the grand opening is huge. Okay, so the location is three four zero two West Highway sixty six in Wellston, Oklahoma. Is it go to seven four eight eight one? We'll be flipping the telephone lines over, and the phone number is 405-240-3437. And we're opening up Saturday, 11 a.m., and we'll be open Sunday from 11 to 3, and then after that, every weekend after. So, All right. Uh, you can go see Levi cooking up some great barbecue this weekend. Again, the grand opening Saturday. And uh, I will link all the contact information here in the post-show notes. Uh, Levi, I wish you nothing but success, man, and we will talk to you soon. Love to keep kind of track on how this thing progresses for you. Cool. Sounds great. Thank you, Greg. All right. There he is, Levi Boskin, the new proprietor of the Butcher Barbecue Stand. And, man, if I was at least four hours of driving distance, I would be there, man. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Would absolutely be there. Good luck to Levi. And I'm, I'm anxious just to get some feedback on uh, the weekend. Who's going to go? I mean, I know Dave's going to be there. Dave Qualls, you live in Oklahoma. Are you going to go to the opening? And uh, you can give feedback. All right, folks, if you didn't know by now, Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue, the number one dealer of Mac pellet grills in the world. Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, Gateway Drum Smokers, even a drum kit gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. They also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs. From flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending, their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition, including the 2012 and 13 American Royal, 2012 and 14 Jack Daniels, the 2013 Kingsford Challenge, 2014 Houston Livestock and Rodeo, and the 2014 King of Smoker. Don't think BPS can just be pigeonholed in the competitive barbecue either. BPS rubs have become so well-known, they've just been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain, BJ's Restaurant and Brewhouse, which evidently is coming here to Cleveland, per Sterling Ball a little earlier in the show. 
with four of the nine BPS rubs featured on their permanent menu and a mid-going review. BPS rubs are proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry, commercial or in the house. Big Papa has also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense, defying conventional wisdom. These two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue, begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's website also features an online meat locker. The top quality meats from Snake River Farms ship right to your front door. From American Kobe beef, caribou to pork, the Double R Ranch meats, Big Papa's Meat Locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. Committed to bringing you the best flavors on the market, Big Papa Smokers has also recently added a few new barbecue sauces to the line. Swamp Boy's Sauce, a fine swine sauce, Granny's Barbecue Sauce. These new sauces considered to be the new kids on the block this barbecue season. You better pick them up right now. Big Papa also created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team. Featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all of this within only five years of being in business, turning competition barbecue on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products out there, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. Just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. All right, we're back to wrap up this show. Right after this, stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me two shots. All right, we are back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com if you want to jump in tonight. Thanks again to Levi Bosca for joining me this past segment talking about the Bar- Butcher Barbecue stand that's opening this Saturday. Uh, 3402 West Highway 66, Wilson, Oklahoma 74881, or call 405 3437. Again, that number, 405-240-3437. 11 a.m. Saturday, the 16th, Butcher's Barbecue Stand officially opens to glowing reviews. Or to be glowing reviews. I don't doubt it for a second. You kidding me? You kidding me? I am in informal talks with getting Stephen Reichland back on the show on a recurring basis. I'm very excited about that. Have some more news on that next week. Great guests lined up as well. Congratulations and good luck to everybody that will be competing over the weekend. And uh, may your calls be plentiful, bountiful, and or otherwise. All right, let's wrap it up. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Doug Scheiding, the pitmaster of Rogue Cookers. He gave us the 
up-to-date analysis of what Texas barbecue is going on right now. Then we talked with Mike McLeod, MMA creative. Talked about the first one-fifth of the Sam's Club barbecue season. A little bit of World Food Championships. Biggest news that we heard, that is going away from Las Vegas and going to Kissimmee, Florida. Wow. Wow. That's bigger news than the American flag incident earlier in the year, for crying out loud. Wow. Second hour, Big Papa Smokers pitmaster Sterling Ball talked about the win at the uh, Barbecue Classic. Talked about rubs as well. And then helping me close the show, last segment, Levi Bosca, the uh, owner of Butcher Barbecue. Butcher Barbecue. Again, that'll be opening at 11 a.m. this coming Saturday. So check it out if you're going to be anywhere around town. Support the folks that support the show. That's what I say. All right, if you use raw cast iron, re-season it each and every time. As it starts to re-cool off, hit it with a grill brush, a little pan, a little Crisco, let it burn back in. Generations of rust-free service shall unfold to you. Also, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.